What is up, profitable public speaking listeners? Mark Burry, the podcasting coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. And if you want to monetize your speaking and get paid more, we're going to be talking about some of the keys to do that. One of the keys is going to be personal branding and how you use that as a public speaker. So if you want to tap into your personal branding, if you want to get uh, paid more money to be a public speaker, this is the episode for you. So the guest who joins us today, she is the founder of Grow Disrupt, a San Antonio-based training organization for small businesses. Uh, She's also an accomplished speaker and has been behind the scenes with more than 2,500 companies within the past five years to analyze and address their sales, marketing, and systems. She is also, among other things, a TEDx speaker, Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee, 2019 New York Life Woman of the Year nominee, two-time best-selling author, entrepreneur, coach, and trainer. Our guest who joins us for this episode of Profitable Public Speaking is none other than Stephanie Scheller. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. And that's a mouthful of a bio right there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Stephanie, I mean, the accomplishments definitely match up with that bio. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And I think for a lot of speakers, uh, they are wondering, how do I uh, charge more for my speaking and actually get people to pay that? So we'll be talking about that in this episode. Uh, before we do, I did mention personal branding, and it mm-hmm. is important for speakers. I'm wondering, how do speakers uh, really leverage personal branding in order to uh, estab- like establish their authority and boost their uh, credibility? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think this is one of the things that a lot of speakers skip over. And so the problem is the speaker world is becoming incredibly crowded, right? There are a million speakers out there. uh, And so you have to have some way to stand out from the crowd. If there is, like, if you, there's nothing about you that's special that sticks in, you know, my mind as an event planner, I'm not going to come back to you and back to you. There has to be something about you. And here's the thing, like, there's not much new content out there. So it's the brand and how you represent it that really has to be unique, that has to stand out. And I mean, there is new content. So you may have something really cool and new, but for the most part, you know, it's hard to come up with something, you know, that's never been seen before. That's a really great point right off the bat, because it's easy to think if we come up with the idea, it's innovative. But, you know, if I tell you, Like age is not a limit to success. Like that's my big thing because I started young and stuff like that. But you know, ideas like that have come up before. Like I'm not the first person. Maybe I'm saying it in a slightly different way for ways that it's normally been said, but uh, there is no new content. And the only way you really stand out is like you, your personality, who you are, what you represent is a big part of standing out. So how do we get better at connecting our personality and our beliefs and stuff like that with our presentations? That's another really good, so funny story. Um, When I first started getting into public speaking, I'd been speaking for about a year and this guy came up to me, a friend of mine came up to me after one of my gigs and he said, Steph, can I share something with you? Which is, you know, always a really great sign at the end of a presentation. And then he manages like top it with, don't be upset. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, what's up, David? <laughs> and he goes, you know, Steph, there is like the you on stage 
And there's the you in your newsletter and there's the you on your website and there's the you on social media and none of them sound the same. And I don't know who's the real stuff. And it was like this smack in the face, like, oh my gosh. So that was when I started to realize, okay, I have to, I have to figure out what it is that differentiates me. Like, what is it about me? And so the biggest thing, the most important thing I did was I started going to the people who knew me and I said, Hey, when you think of Stephanie, what are three adjectives that come to mind? And I started jotting them down and I just went to, I probably went to 15 or 20 people's over a span of several months. Like I didn't like just be like, all right, David, that's great. Let me start calling people. Um, but I, I started to look for the trend. Like what are the, what are the reoccurring things that people say when they think of me and the people who know me, right? I'm not going to call up some guy who's interacted with two of my Facebook posts. Um, I'm going to reach out to friends and family and colleagues who've worked with me for a period of time. Um, so that was a really big one was what, when you think of me, what do you think of? And then the other thing that I realized was that whole thing, right? Like you said, there's nothing new about, Hey, age is not your, age isn't your limitation, right? You can build success at any age. But the question then is, okay, so how do I share that? How do I show that in a way that's different? So like I was chatting with a guy yesterday and he was like, well, I've got my leadership, you know, training process. And I was like, that's great. So what is innovative about your process for leadership or how, what are your core tenets that really make your leadership process stand out? Cause everyone's got a leadership process. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, that's a good question. So what are the, so that's like, that would be the next question, right? What are the adjectives people use to describe you? What are the core tenets of what you talk about, right? You have your key piece. Age is not your defining factor, but then what are the core pieces that you use to describe that? You use to explain that, to relate that to the audience. Yeah. I mean that, uh, the more questions you ask of yourself, the better answers you get out. And, uh, I don't feel like people do enough questioning of themselves, not like a doubt way, but in like a, let's build on this idea rather than just have it as it is. Because if you ask questions about your idea and you force yourself to answer those questions, that idea builds into something much bigger. And Stephanie brings up a really great point where, you know, there's an email newsletter, Stephanie, there's a social media, Stephanie, there's a speaker, Stephanie, but you have to have all those be in sync for the branding. And I'm wondering, how did you put all those things in sync? Because it's one thing to say, put them all in sync, but it's another thing because like, you know, your newsletter, your social media, you could readily promote every day, but you know, I put stuff there, but speaking, it's not like we get speaking gigs every single day. So how did you put them all together? So once I figured out what were the, what were the characteristics that were really common to Steph and I didn't really limit, I just looked for what was reoccurring. So this wasn't like a core values thing where I could only pick three, but it was like, you know, I was like, okay, let's pick as many, you know, adjectives as reoccur. If some random person is like, you're intense and no one else says that, well, I'm not going to be like, all right, I've got to make all my stuff intense because, you know, obviously it's not my thing. So once I figured that out, then it was a matter of, okay, so every piece for a while there, every piece I produced, every video I produced, Every script I produced, every article I produced, every post I produced was held up to this checklist. Is it, the, is it this core value, right? Is it this, this core piece of who I am? Is it this core piece? Is it this core piece? Is it this? And it didn't have to check off like all of them, but it needed to check off the majority of them in order for me to then post it. And it takes time, right? So every time I went to go send a newsletter out, 
first I had to compile the content, then I had to go through the checklist and adjust the content. Every time I went to post an article, compile it, checklist, make it. Every time I went for a social post, it, it took time. And then when I did switch and I started actually outsourcing that to team members to help out with, um, we went through that again where I was having to kind of walk them so they would create content based on a video or an article or something I'd created for them. And then I would walk them through and be like, all right, here's the content. Let's go through the checklist together. So I'd had to train myself and then I had to train other people when I started passing it off to other people. And it, it's, just, it's time consuming. It just is. There's no like secret weapon. Um, but if you want to get paid, like you don't get paid $20,000 for a one hour keynote. You get paid $20,000 for the time that you built into creating your business. Right. Yeah. I, I love how you mentioned how you get paid for all the stuff you did to get to that point, because you know, a lot of people think of it as, Oh, this guy only worked for an hour, made 20 grand. This is the life I need to right. live this. But there's so much that goes behind the scenes to make something like that happen. And personal branding is one of those things and really being aligned with all of your promotions and sticking with those few adjectives uh, can really help. Uh, have you found anything else helps with being able to command higher prices for your speaking and then being able to get people to pay those prices? Um, so name recognition helps a lot. Um, I find that when people come to me and they're like, Hey, Steph, can you talk at our event? I can be like, absolutely. Here's my keynote fee. Right. As opposed to if I go to someone and I'm like, Hey, I really want to be involved with your event. Um, they're like, okay, well, you know, here's our budget right? And if it works for you, great. But they always bid you low on those because of course they're trying to protect their budget too. I get it. Um, so if I work really hard to build that name brand recognition, so, um, we've pursued awards, we've pursued recognition, um, kind of cool awards and recognition are just popping up, which is great. It's kind of like a, um, momentum thing, right? You push and push and push. And once the boulder starts moving, it just starts moving. Um, Lots and lots of public speaking experience. Um, I have tons of testimonials. I started collecting testimonials like at my like second speaking engagement because you need those and you're going to get like you're going to get a ton of crappy ones that are like, all right, I'm going to use this because I'm getting started with my business. Not really what I want to use, but all right. Um, and then as you go, you get, you know, one really good one out of that presentation and then another really good one and another. So you start to build the testimonials. You start to build the raving fans. Um, the people who go and talk about you and talk about you and talk about you. Um, and the other two things I think have been big in actually getting paid on speaking gigs is one is building a, a library of presentations. So people want to be able to see you right? It kills me when a speaker comes to me and is like, I want to speak at your event. I'm $5,000. I'm like, okay, what qualifications do you have? Do you have some speaker reel I can see? Or do you even have like a presentation? It doesn't even have to be a speaker reel. I just want to see you speak. Oh, I'm working on that. I'm like, well, then to me, you're not a $5,000 speaker. Like if I can't see you present ahead of time, I'm not going to risk five grand on someone who maybe is a decent speaker or maybe is really bad and just trying to break into the speaker world. Um, and then the last thing that I put in place that I think really helps is I got an assistant who handles all of the calls. I got, she's like an assistant slash agent. So she goes out to recruit speaking gigs. Um, and she kind of plays that, that buffer between me and, 
and hosts, because if they can get straight to me, it's like just an automatic discount of value. And it seems really silly, but it's like those little games that you play that goes a long way. I mean, having an assistant really helps. And also things like video and speaking reel, they are very uh, important things to have. Um, what would you advise for a new speaker, though, who may not have that reel? I've heard some people say, you know, just record yourself somewhere and start talking. Uh, other people want you to wait until, you know, you get on a stage like what are your thoughts for that person who you know because you you've got the you you need the speaking reel but you don't yeah. have a speaking gig yet so what do we do right. on that boat so first things first you need to have a really solid talk 15 to 20 minute but like solid in that it has stories it's engaging you've practiced it i don't even care if you're practicing it to the mirror like <laughs> got to practice this thing. And then, so here's what we did. And I'd be curious if anyone can go to my YouTube channel and pick out which videos were filmed without a live audience. Um, because when I was first getting started, I mean, I did a two day, um, uh, workshop for like a group of like six people. And what I did was I had the room. I could stay as late as I wanted to. So after everybody left, <laughs> fixed my makeup, turn the lights back on, set the camera up. And I recorded is, you know, short little two presentations that were really, really solid that I delivered that I knew. And they turned out really great. And they still get, you know, a ton of views, which, you know, still just makes me laugh. <laughs> well, I mean, there it so, is right there. Right. Like if you're not, if you can't get on a stage in front of people, then, you know, fake it. Make like, your own stage. But, right. But don't like, I wouldn't, I would make sure it looks like a stage. Right? Yeah. Right? Like that's good. Look like, you know, you're in your office, right? That, that would be important, I think. And you can rent. Um, we, for my speaker reel, we rented us a, a stage and we just had access and I was just talking to a massive auditorium that was completely empty for four hours while they were filming. And I mean, totally viable as well. And I mean, it gets this idea of fake it till you make it. I'm not 100% a fan of that concept, but right. uh, the speaking reel and what Stephanie is suggesting is more of a, here's what can happen if you hire me for your speaking. The content is good. It yeah. just needs to, you know, be presented in a way where you look good. The uh, place looks good. Like me yeah. sitting in my chair right now in front of my logos, in front of my books, like, that's good for this interview, but that's not going to be how I do a speaking gig. So if I wanted to do right. an actual presentation, I'd be standing in an auditorium kind of setting. So uh, I, I do yeah. like that idea of uh, just doing the presentation in an auditorium, even if it's empty, just to get the real life. Yeah. Well, and it gives you, it gets you some practice on that stage. You know, I definitely would not like, I've, I had a person who approached me to do a speaker reel that was going to use like, um, he had some photography, some, some footage that he had filmed of panning over an audience that wasn't my audience that he was going to. And I was like, eh, I'm not really super comfortable with that. Like we can do me on stage. We can do, but I like, so you're yeah I'm I I probably shouldn't have said the fake it till you make it because I'm not usually a fan of that one either because I I believe you can't really fake it like yeah, you're I building agree. practice you're building building repetition yeah. I mean my first presentation I practiced that probably fifty times 
Um, and then I still botched the whole thing. I mean, it just shows you just gotta, there's so much practice that goes into it. Even like no practice makes perfect. It just makes you better. And I mean, it just comes to that big stage day. Now it's interesting. You mentioned that you botched it because some people, they do public speaking for the first time. They botch it. And this isn't just the person who, you know, like, a very first speech this could also be the person who's been public speaking for a while decides like a self from the stage pays 10 grand to speak on the stage because those are the kinds of prices you get and bombs that kind of yeah. an event and thinks i'm never doing this again so how did you go from the botch to recovering and then recovering so nicely so you know that was a really tough one because um, that was my was my first speaking engagement. When I booked the engagement, I didn't realize it was actually three hours away. Um, I for whatever reason I thought it was local, so I booked it. I showed it up. It was a free speaking gig, of course, is my very first one. I mean, I was once I booked it, though, I was like, oh, I'm not going to not show up. So I drive three hours up there. It was an hour and a half presentation. I got done in like 40 minutes. Um, I skipped so much. And then the, the owner tried to like corral me into beating on his team. The owner of the company tried to get me to like beat up his team. Like he was asking these super jabbing questions and it was, it was so bad. And then at the very end, like everyone just scattered, like you could tell no one got anything out of it. No one was excited. No one enjoyed the presentation. (laughs) And so I had a three hour drive back home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to sit here and just beat myself up. And I got about an hour into the drive and I pulled over to get some gas and get a drink and, and use the bathroom. And I just remember just sitting in that gas station and just going, I, I, can't, I can't drive the rest of the way home feeling like this. This is mm. not good. And I called one of my coaches and I said, okay, had my first speaking gig. It sucked. <laughs> Here's what happened. This happened. This happened. I feel really bad. I feel terrible. I mean, I made no money. I drove three hours each way. Like, what do I do? And she said, okay, Stephanie, you've got to learn to debrief every situation. Every time you go on stage, you need to replay it in your head after you get off stage. And you need to point out the things that went well and the things that didn't went well, didn't go well. And then the things that didn't go well, you need to put a plan in place to make sure that that's never going to happen again. And so that was what we did for the next hour driving home. She debriefed me and I walked through every step of what happened before I arrived, what happened once I got there, what happened once I was speaking, what happened after I was speaking. I mean, it was painful, right? Because like I'm reliving this really awkward moment, but it's almost like, I don't know if you've ever gone horseback riding. But if you ever fall off the horse, they're always like, well, you got to get back on the horse, right? And that was what I did. I'd just gotten off stage. I got back up there terrified, frustrated, angry. But I think it was the best thing for me because it helped me learn from and grow from the experience as opposed to that becoming something that was so insurmountably scary Mm -hmm. that I couldn't do it again. Yeah, I mean, it's good you got back on the horse. I mean, we all got to go back on the horse at some point because we're going to mess up at some point in speaking. It's not like everyone has a perfect track record. You just got to take the falls as they are and just get back up. As Stephanie was able to do as we've all done at different points in our speaking journeys and in life as whole. And 
Uh, one of the things that I recommend you guys do is all continue to follow Stephanie and her journey. I'm wondering with that said, if you could share with us some of the places you want us to go to stay in touch and follow your work. Yeah, absolutely. So I spend a lot of time, probably too much time on Facebook. Um, you can find me at success. Steph um, is the, the facebook.com pages success. Steph. Um, you can also just friend me on Facebook. I'm totally cool with that too. Um, uh, or you can check out our websites. Uh, we have, um, the Stephanie Scheller. So like the one and only Stephanie Scheller is my personal speaker page. Um, you can get on our newsletter there, or you can check out the company site at growdisrupt.com. Well, we will have all those links in the show notes of this episode. Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on the Profitable public speaking podcast.